Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will hey there, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. What you got in your hand? I'm actually holding your Bible in my hand. Well, it just looks good over there. <laughs> you going to read something to us out of it? Yeah, let's read Psalm 7 again today. Now you say my Bible, but you're reading out of the New King James today, this is Psalm the New 7. King James. Okay. Yeah, this is, and, and in order to do that, I have borrowed your copy of the scriptures. <laughs> Psalm 7, a meditation of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning the words of Cush, a Benjamite. This one's for you, Cush. O Lord my God, in you I put my trust. Save me from all those who persecute me and deliver me, lest they tear me like a lion, rending me in pieces while there is none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is iniquity in my hands, if I have repaid evil to him who is at peace with me, or have plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue me and overtake me. Yes, let him trample my life to the earth and lay my honor in the dust. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up because of the rage of my enemies. Rise up for me to the judgment you have commanded. So the congregation of the peoples shall surround you. For their sakes, therefore, return on high. The Lord shall judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. For the righteous God tests the hearts and minds My defense is of God, who saves the upright in heart. God is a just judge, and God is angry with the wicked every day. If he does not turn back, he will sharpen his sword. He bends his bow and makes it ready. He also prepares for himself instruments of death. He makes his arrows into fiery shafts. Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out and has fallen into the ditch which he made. His trouble shall return upon his own head and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Thank you very much. Thank you for letting me use your copy. You know, I have to admit uh, that psalm has given you trouble for a long time. And I'm... (laughs) I'm, oh, yeah. I'm yes, wondering why that is. <laughs> I appreciate you admitting that for me. I appreciate you admitting that this psalm has given me trouble for a long time. I might have some inside information on that. <laughs> it has. It has given me trouble for a long time, and here's why. Okay. The, the reason this psalm has given me trouble for a long time is because David declares his, uh, his innocence. His, I, judge me according to my integrity. Search me out. I am righteous. Judge me according to my own righteousness. Which, mm, which the does. idea of being judged according to my own righteousness kind of seems to go in opposite direction to everything we hear about in the New Testament. But e- even with David, when I, 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 I mean, David committed the sin with Bathsheba. And he murders Uriah in trying to cover up this immorality and adultery that he has committed. It's uh, so I struggle. So maybe some of that, though, speaks to when in David's life he wrote this. Okay, that uh, that when we think about David as the young man, or David any time really before <laughs> the sin with Bathsheba. Yes, yeah, Second Samuel five, Second Samuel six. Uh, he he does seem to be. A very righteous, godly man, the man after God's own heart, the chosen anointed king. And so he's he can speak from a place of um, 
confidence, I guess. Innocence. Innocence. Integrity. That he can even look at the, the persecution, what, whatever this Cush fellow has been saying about him or coming after him, he actually has a righteous indignation about it. Yeah. That's where I've settled on it. That that is how I've 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 been able to finally come to terms and come to grips with this psalm. That I think the psalm must have been before that watershed moment, because certainly for David, that moment represents a turning point. Not that he ceased to be a man after God's own heart. I think his repentance and his humility when he is rebuked by Nathan demonstrates that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Still a man after God's own heart. And yet from that point on, David's life really takes a downward turn. I mean, it's struggle after struggle after struggle, consequence after consequence after consequence. And he knows those consequences are because of his sin. So I find it really hard to place this psalm at the time of Absalom. That uh, Yesterday, I think it was, we talked about the possibility of Cush being Shimei and his yeah. words of rebuke. I really have a hard time with that. So I, I really do put it before. Yeah, yeah. I do see this as very possibly not just some time during the reign of David, but actually back when Saul is chasing him, especially when I consider oh. some of the apparent rebukes that Cush gave him, Mm -hmm. because what he says is, if I have done this, this is in verse three. And of course, now I've, I've, I've given you your new King James back. I'm looking at my ESV. Oh Lord, my God, if I have done this, if there is wrong in my hands, if I have repaid my friend with evil or plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it. Boy, that sure does sound like the kind of things that Saul and his followers would say about David, he's trying to plunder the kingdom from me. He's mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. he's turned on his friend. I was his friend, and now he has wronged me. He's repaid me with evil. And and remember the two times that David had Saul's life in his hands. Yeah, that's his defense. I, I haven't done this. Why are you listening to these people who are saying this about right, me? I have right. not done this. And so, uh, to me. Uh, th- this this fits in that time frame. So I guess from the perspective of David, uh, he's going through a situation where he's being unfairly uh, condemned, judged, attacked. Yeah. He didn't do these things. Correct. And so there's a protest of innocence, and he's actually calling God to witness on his behalf. I mean, he is appealing to the Lord. Yeah. Oh, Lord, my God. Verse 3. You be the judge. Right. You know. You know the whole situation. And so if if I'm in the wrong, uh, then then trample me. That's verse 5. Mm. Let him trample my life to the earth and lay my honor in the dust. Mm. Right? So he protests his innocence and God, if I've actually done these things, then let the judgment be on me. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's very bold to declare, this is all unjust against me. Mm-hmm. And then appeals to God. To intervene. So there's, I guess there's two things based on this psalm, Andrew, that, that this causes me to want to bring up. First of all, just a real lesson for us about prayer mm-hmm. and about suffering. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, look, look, David had sinned. David's first sin wasn't with Bathsheba. Sure, sure. Right. So, so even in that, if we want to act like, well, David is saying he's absolutely perfect. No, David is not saying he's absolutely perfect. But what he's he innocent is saying, of these things. I'm innocent of this. Yeah. And there, there is a time, even for Christians, even while realizing I am a sinner and I have sinned, there, there is a place for saying, well, this thing I'm going through right now, though, uh, th- this is... This is more than what I've done. The, mm-hmm. You know, this is, mm-hmm. or or 
I'm being I'm being attacked, I'm being punished for something I didn't do. And that's what that's what David sees here. He can actually declare his innocence on this particular thing. Well, hey, can I make a New Testament connection with that? Uh, in the Beatitudes, when the Lord talks about the blessedness of his followers in Matthew 5, verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely, for my sake. Christians will find themselves in those places where we didn't do anything wrong, uh, and yet evil spoken against us for the sake of righteousness, for the sake of Jesus. We didn't do evil. We didn't sin against anyone. We would. It doesn't make us perfect, sinless people, but we've not done the awful things we're accused of because of our faith. So I, I do have to just put in one little admission here. I guess it is possible if I'm going to allow for the fact that, look, David had sinned, mm-hmm. but he's saying I'm innocent of this particular thing. So I guess that does put it in the realm of possibility that we are dealing with Shimei's curses because Shimei says you're being judged for what you did to Saul. Mm. And so it it is possible that even while David is fleeing based on his sins, that he's saying, yeah, but this one that Shimei said I didn't do. Yeah, That still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think when I'm fleeing because of discipline for some big, huge sin in my life that I'm not going to take comfort in, yeah, but the one he said I didn't do. <laughs> get, all, so, get all technical on yeah, it. So yeah. I, but I guess I just want to throw well, that out as, that kind as, of... the, as the possibility because that's saying that at any point in our life, I, I, I can say, okay, of this thing, I am innocent. Sure. And I can call out to God on behalf of that. So I, I want to... Well, I know I kind of interrupted you a minute ago. Was that the second thing that you were going to share when, when I went over to the New Testament? No, no, no. The the, the second thing actually okay. kind of changes the topic just a little bit. Well, so that's if, probably okay. Okay. Yeah. So the second thing was just about the nature of the Psalms. Oh, oh. The, the second thing is the nature of the Psalms. As we continue to read through the Psalms, I... I think this is one of those places that highlights a psalm is not a doctoral dissertation about some doctrinal matter giving us some all-encompassing view about how sin works or how salvation works or the theology of God. Psalms are poems, Mm -hmm. and as poems, they are snapshots of moments. Yeah. Here is this moment in David's life. This is not saying David was always like this. This is not saying that David like is going to be like this even tomorrow. But in this moment, this is where David is. And, and we see in that moment that he is able to say, I'm innocent. Here's this person that's bringing these reproaches against me, these rebukes against me. If I'd really done them, then Lord, I deserve everything I'm experiencing. And, and in fact, do it some more. But this time, I'm innocent. So here's the snapshot. We've already seen some snapshots where he wasn't so innocent. Right. And he understood he wasn't innocent. Very broken. Okay. They're not contradictions. Mm -hmm. They're just different moments. And so as we read a psalm, keep that in mind. I'm not only seeing a particular moment. I'm seeing and experiencing the emotions in that moment. And, And my emotions in a moment of suffering wrongly... Mm-hmm. are going to be different than my emotions in a moment of suffering rightly, mm-hmm. just. Yeah. And my emotions in those two moments are going to be different than the emotions I have when everything is going wonderfully and I'm not suffering at all. And so, again, yeah. I just nature of the Psalms, snapshots of particular situational moments and experiencing the emotions of that moment. So when we think about snapshots, 
in our own lives, okay, uh, it's probably good to remember that when we have those days that we are quite confident, uh, we are walking righteously, we have not committed whatever this wrongdoing is, right, that, that we're being accused of, uh, to still remain humble. As Christians, we need to be humble um, because, well, even with the example of David, mm-hmm. he sinned gravely probably sometime after this psalm was written. Yeah, right. I think so. And and sometimes we might find ourselves in a place to just say, I would never do this. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. I would never do that. Uh, but, but our adversary is crafty. There are wiles, there are temptations, there are circumstances we can find ourselves in that we could not imagine. And and we may very well find ourselves in a situation we'd say, I, I never would be here. I never would be here. That is a very powerful point. I was advised by someone years ago that that if when I hear about someone else's sin, especially if I think it's just a real travesty, something that I haven't done yet, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I actually just kind of I just kind of mentioned what I was told to do, and that is that rather than saying I've never done that, and especially not I would never do I will that, never do, but that. rather I haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. Now that's not admitting that I will do it sometime. I'm not trying to say I'm going to do that, but it is the admission that you know that person. There was a time when they could say they hadn't done it, mm-hmm. and I bet there was a time when they would have said that's not something I would ever do. Yeah, yeah. And and what what I need to have is a healthy humility that respects my adversary, just like you mentioned, mm-hmm. how cunning and crafty he is, and realizing that if I if I start having this arrogant thinking, I'm standing on my own two feet. That's when I fall. Yeah. I need the constant reminder. Yes, there are moments when I can say, I'm innocent of this. Mm-hmm. But even in those moments, that humility you just talked about, I really appreciate you bringing up that reminder. I haven't done that yet. So, I haven't done that yet. Yeah. I'm so glad that people tuned in for the conversation today. Uh, send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. We would love to hear what you're learning about as you read the Psalms or the questions that you might have. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. And uh, why don't we have a word of prayer, Edwin? Glorious God and Father in heaven, uh, there are sins that I can look around and say I haven't done that yet. And I am thankful to you for that. There but for your grace go I. But there are plenty of sins that I thought I would never commit that I have. And so I beg your forgiveness. And I beg your forgiveness on behalf of all those who are listening that recognize we are sinners and that we cannot turn to you and say, judge me based on my righteousness. I ask you, Father, to judge us based on our Savior, that, that you have sent your Son to be our sacrifice so that we could have forgiveness and so that we could have our sins taken away from us. And I, I thank you for that, and I praise your name. But at times, there are things that we're suffering, that, that the reason for the suffering, we do have innocence in that. And in those moments, I pray that you help us to have the faith of David here, to continue to hang on to you, to seek your deliverance, to seek you as our shield. And Lord God, we are so thankful that you are with us at all times, no matter what we're going through. Whether we can feel it or not, whether we sense it or not, we know by faith, God, you're with us. And I thank you for that. It's through your son, Jesus, who died for us, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. 
check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. 